This time on No, Not the Mind Probe, episode 17, Dr. Daddy-O. John, in this episode, the doctor visits a seminal moment from the 1950s, Queen Elizabeth's coronation. If you had to pick a moment from the 50s to experience, what would it be for you? To me, maybe it's the U.S. Supreme Court's decision in Wilco versus Swan that established that pre-dispute agreement to arbitrate claims under the Securities Act of 1933 was unenforceable. Or, or maybe when the Committee on Accounting Procedure of the American Institute of Accountants codified all its pronouncements on generally accepted accounting principles and accounting <laughs> research, Bolton 43. I mean, do you remember Bolton 43? Yeah, I was Ooh. dancing in the streets. Yeah. Or maybe when the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission amended proxy rules to restrict the type of shareholder proposals that were required to be included in company proxy statements. Some argued that this curtailed share, shareholder democracy, and I just would have loved to be there and just breathe in the excitement in real time. Uh, what about you? Such an obvious choice, Porter. I mean, like you know, that's, that's what everybody's. You know, it's like have a little creativity. You think Wilco else. versus Swan or Bolton Forty Three or the know, proxy I, rule amendment? It's a toss up. I think Wilco. Wilco, you're going to be crowded out with other time travelers, right? Yeah. There's going to be a lot of people. There. <laughs> Welcome to No Not the Mind Probe. It's dismissive. No, mm, not the mind mm-hmm, probe. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, a podcast where we watch and rank every single Doctor Who story ever. My name is John Grant, and I am a lifelong Doctor Who fan. I've been watching it for wait, you know what? This is going out. Uh, yep. on, Happy New I've Year. Been watching, Happy, New Happy New Year. Year. I've been watching it for 36 years. Um, let's let's just let's let's make a backstory up. I was you know uh, I was I was five six seven years old. I, I don't have time for to do math. <laughs> um, and, uh, and it was New Year's Eve. Yeah. I didn't have a lot going. On. I wasn't invited to any big parties. Right. And then the uh, clock started struck, watching Doctor Who. The clock <laughs> struck midnight. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. There's no one there to kiss. Who. You know. Yeah. You know yeah. I was alone, alone in my home, up late, because I guess my parents left me alone at seven years old. <laughs> it was the '80s. Well, so my name is Porter Mason. Yeah, right, right. Sorry. And, and that's okay. <laughs> my name is Porter Mason. And similarly, when you were 17 years old, on New Year's Day, uh, <laughs> we were both not yet at college, actually, not no, that I think about all this time frame. So we were at governor's school, uh, but we were at two different governor's schools. Yeah, I did rush Somehow. Oh, in the same state. <laughs> in the same state. <laughs> right. We, a state to not to be named. Let's leave that to the mystery. Pro, real probers, uh, find out where we were born in our social security yeah. numbers. <laughs> Trying to figure <laughs> that out. That's a challenge. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that makes it 26 years that I've known you, and you've mm-hmm. been asking me to watch Doctor Who. And I finally said yes. Well, this will be interesting because we're actually going to start to have to say, I said yes you know, a year ago or, or, or whatever at that point, but uh, right. it's not quite a year. <laughs> it's a few months ago at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, each episode of this podcast, which now you know the full backstory, I think you have a lot of color and texture. <laughs> to clear podcast. on what happened, how this started, because none of what we just said is true, but it's right, important. Right. It's relevant, but <laughs> we have internalized down. it and it yeah. comes through in everything we say in this in podcast. The characters that we portray on this podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My character is very different <laughs> from my real, real life. Mine's a surgeon. Each it comes across it comes across (laughs) each episode we look at two doctor who stories we're going through the new series in order 
We are. Strict order. And our Doctor Who curator or sommelier or mixologist, maybe it would be better to say. That'd be like Uh, if I was making us watch different parts of Doctor Who, like mashing them together. Well, you are. the first half of Idiot's Lantern and then watch the episode one of Delta and the Bannerman and then go back to the second 10 minutes. Well... But you're ma- you're making rice. me mix the new and the old uh, yeah, who together. Yeah, right, right, right. <sighs> Look, well, right, look right. in the theme section. I'm gonna have a 20 minute discussion about this. <laughs> we should really agree on the format of this show at some point soon. Now that we're let on me, episode seven, let me just tell you something. Episode 17 <laughs> is off to a quick pace. Yeah, <laughs> it's just rocketing along. <laughs> um, Anyway, John John says which yeah. old story I'm going to watch. All right, that's what yeah. happens. John, what are we watching this episode? Uh, we are watching The Idiot's Lantern. Uh, Mark Gatiss has returned to uh, a new Who, and uh, we've paired that with another story set in the 1950s the from the first season of the Seventh Doctor uh, series, uh, Delta and the Bannerman. All right, John, I'm going to recap some Doctor Who episodes. You just sip, you just Seems set a like spell a and just yeah. enjoy yourself. Uh this first, I'm going to start with the idiot's lantern. Uh, I'm kind of, kind of feel like I'm sitting down at a piano. My first little number is going to be the idiot's lantern. Crack the old knuckles. And... <laughs> uh, this is season two, episode seven. We're about well more than halfway through here of mm. the season two of the new series. It was released on the 27th of May, 2006, the year of our Lord. Let's have a clip. Let's have it. Find another one, sir. Oh. Uh... Good man, Crabtree. Here we are, Doctor. Take a good look. See what you can deduce. Oh, you know her? No, actually. I found her in the street. They did what? I'm sorry? They left her where? Just in the street. The street. They left her in the street. They took her face and just chucked her out and left her in the street. And as a result, that makes things simple. Very, very simple. Do you know why? No. Because now, Detective Inspector Bishop, there is no power on this earth that can stop me. Ooh. Powerful stuff. Powerful Good stuff. stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Makes you think. Here's one went down. Uh, this, I think, will be fairly brief um yeah yeah mine too. <laughs> this could be a very short episode so well i have a lot to say about delta and the bannerman but, but the idiot's lantern yeah it's kind of a straightforward um our heroes the 10th doctor and rose are all flirty again and again the doctor promises to take her somewhere cool but they end up surprised in london again um wow it seems to always mess up and they end up near Crazy, the, right? the filming studios yeah, yeah it's amazing london or the home counties of the but UK, yeah. but this time it's london in 1953 and it's just a couple oh. days before queen elizabeth's coronation it's the first mm-hmm. televised coronation i guess ever i guess the televised aspects maybe of the coronation in the past but no really would have been the first where tv would have even been widespread at all so yeah it wasn't it? and we were um, we should save this for our crown the crown broadcast uh, yes, podcast, yes but, i um, just saw these uh, episodes yeah and and i think it wasn't a big thing they were talking about televising the coronation or not uh yeah so having just seen it about her being starring yeah. 11th dr matt smith um yeah right in fact matt smith's big character crossover. yeah prince edward Philip. am i saying that Philip. prince philip, philip. sorry yeah. prince philip um she places him in charge of the coronation, which was sort of scandalous and mm-hmm. not scandalous, but it was unexpected. 
And he, his big push is that you're a new modern queen. We should embrace modern things. And yes, what had never been filmed was they didn't take the cameras inside the church and they didn't show certain parts of the ceremony and they still didn't show certain parts of the ceremony, but uh, most of the entire day was shown. So mm -hmm. people got to see a lot and people were excited about it. And um, Mike to, used the, my husband used the same argument to televise our wedding. You're a modern queen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we really had a, it's so interesting. I laugh at him. I don't make him, but I laugh at him. <laughs> Uh, it's interesting that the coronation, I'm sure this is true and because I'm sure Gaddis would have, you know, this would be part of it, but I'm also just rings true that this was what have driven a lot of the UK to, to buy TVs in America. <laughs> hearing my dad tell it, it was often certain really hotly contested like World Series. Like those oh, would often yeah. be the things that would, you know, um, push people, these big events. Finally, they'd buy a TV. So everyone's now buying TVs. Now it's big Kardashian related. Yes, yeah, the big probably. Kardashian. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever they yeah. do. Whatever it is they do. Maybe they that's made why a people new buy tweet. TVs. They made a new out tweet. What they do. And they're going to talk about it on their Ooh. show. Ooh, so they'll fight about it and throw wine at each other. Okay. No, done. Uh, so early right. on, we see uh oh, the guy selling the TVs has his face sucked into one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the doctor uh -oh. and Rose. <laughs> A smash cut to the doctor and Rose interrogate and bully a local family for sport. Damn, really? And um, they find out that their grandmother also had her face sucked into a TV. Mm. So this is like a pattern now. Yeah. Um, leaving her literally with a blank face. We get to see her. It's, it is a very uh, upsetting <laughs> thing to look at. And police have been coming around and collecting the no face people to keep things quiet. Rose heads to the TV shop, finds out that some being is inhabiting the TVs and doing the face sucking and they suck Rose's face off. And he then saying the doctor finds out where the cops are corralling all the faceless people. And once he sees Rose got face sucked, uh, he heads out <laughs> and gathers the young son from the earlier family who was bullied to help him. There's a whole thing going on with the family. I'm not really talking about that, but they have a whole moment. Uh, they confront the, they, they confront the TV seller whose name is Magpie, which is a great name. Yeah. Uh, they meet the alien lady on the TV who plans to suck the faces off of the entire country during coronation. They meet she, the alien lady on the TV. <laughs> I mean, it's correct. All of that is correct. correct. It's all yeah. true. She Wrong. takes over the TV. Sometimes <laughs> I'm just trying to state this for you saying like, this is the show you like, John. Yeah. And this is what happened. On it. Um, she takes over the TV seller and sends him with a portable TV carrying her to the closest broadcasting tower. The Doctor Who chases him down and uses everyone together, uses a weapon he weapon built specifically built, yep. to stop this villain um, <laughs> to capture the baddie. Who's with called, some vacuum tubes. Yeah. Who's called The Wire. Yep. And he catches her on a cassette tape. And this is how HBO's The Wire, the gritty portrayer mm -hmm. of Baltimore's drug trade, was created. So I think yep. it was an interesting origin story of the wire so that was that was mm -hmm. really neat for me john uh, what did right. i what did i miss um yeah i <laughs> i don't have a lot of notes on this story i mean it's not i mean the, the so family drama looking... was well done it's just like yeah. it's, it's inconsequential it's unremarkable plot, but, yeah. um uh so i i'm looking at my notes and, and you know this may come as a surprise to probers but we do actually prepare uh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> these broadcasts <laughs> it's just my notepad i just noticed just says Idiot's lantern underlined, then Mark Gatiss dash gay, uh, which is true. <laughs> <laughs> I 
much more of a stream of consciousness. Um, uh, but, uh, <laughs> he is gay. Hey, sure, uh, I sure. Hope, I, I think people know. I hope that yeah. I'm, not, I'm not outing him to <laughs> yeah, well, our that would, be, that would be too bad if he if he was outed by this podcast for. Well, I guess it would be good because people wouldn't find out about it. Assuming he's trying to be closeted, no one yeah. would know for years. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be an earth later. Um, I think that's what's going on with the family. You know, he's trying to make some. I, I, it is implied that the Tommy, the kid, is gay. I think they make a comment or two about. Oh, you know, I didn't catch boy. that. Oh I yeah, think, I caught that. I caught the mama's yeah, boy thing. Yeah. I think that's what's going on. Um, um, it's it's a weird. In 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 addition to the 1950s connection, I think sort of tonal variations are are a connection across these two stories. It's sort of they're they're quite wildly swinging back and forth. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, the, the whole family story is is interesting. Um, I guess it's a bit preachy, um, uh, you know, and I'm not sure they try to make it a thing at the end. Like, oh, go back and be nice to your dad, who's a total jerk to you. Um, yeah. Well, um, one of the things I actually liked all those moments, and I thought this was a fine episode. What I thought was interesting is that coming out of the last two parter, uh, one of the challenges I feel that the new who has with really having these real season long and multi season long arcs is these kind of side stories seem weirdly yeah. like, so wait, what, what was that? Like you're, you're watching the whole time waiting for it to advance something. And it's like, nah, it's just this thing. Like there's a little story. Like uh, it, it reminded me a they lot don't of even a black, mention a, Mickey. What's that? Right? I mean, they don't even mention Mickey. That, that's interesting. No, that's right, right. That just thing. happened. I mean, it's like, oh, I am. <laughs> Which is yeah. very Doctor Who. <laughs> um, because even, yeah, because even in, um, oh gosh, uh, the one that he jumps through the mirror on a horse. Oh, yeah. The girl, the girl in the fireplace. fireplace. Yeah. Even that, which is also a bit like, they at least meant, I mean, they mentioned it by the fact that like Mickey decided to come with him and he's there at the at the beginning. But there's just no mention of the continuity here, which is fine. You don't need to do that. Obviously, the show for eons didn't mention yeah. what happened before, but I feel like they've set this standard of you're going to find it reminds me of The Office where like half half or 75 percent of every Office episode was about some random thing that was like basically The Simpsons. It happened and then right. never was discussed again. But then 10, 15, 25 percent was like Jim and Pam doing something. And that's what brought you along. This reminded me of a Black Mirror or a Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. Um, a lot, especially the beginning, was very Black Mirror. It opened without the Doctor or or Rose. It was opened mm -hmm. all about the the TV person being inhabited, which I guess isn't so off, but it it felt could have been a different show after that opening. Could yeah. have been a different show. Yeah, it's a weird. Um, uh, the um, the wire uh, is sort of only vaguely explain like why why is she called the wire? First of all, she clearly they they sort of give a backstory. She comes from some people and she was executed then turned into lightning that then went to the 50s and got on tv um something she was, you know, and then she got on tv got on the ed sullivan show um i feel like the, and they even used the line tv rots your brain or something i feel like that was the right. starting point of this episode yes. like mark gators is like oh what happened if he why do their faces disappear and end up on the tvs and then why do they get all their faces back at the end and and why was she eating faces because i thought she was gonna it was gonna be how she returned to some sort of corporeal existence why did she look like a 1950s housewife um <laughs> there's a lot that's just not really it's explained. funny you mentioned the, the naming because to me that seems like a common thing on doctor who where on another show if you came out and really said like 
and these are this race of people and here's a lot about them and whatever it would imply like oh i guess this is a thing we're going to hear a lot about them on doctor who that seems regularly to be like let me give you a very detailed name and they have a little hit they have this brief history or whatever and then it's like oh cool are they coming back no they're never coming back oh except 40 years later yes they are and it's like wow (laughs) oh god boom so So you got to be ready you got to make your toes doctor i think every character that they at least label they do it confidently like yes that's the wire of course it is and that's her name and don't you know that and it's like oh i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) are you apologizing to the tv oh oh, i'm sorry i'm sorry i should have taken that more well i found myself before we move on i wanted to say i found myself thinking again my little game will they become a companion i kind of thought the kid could be a companion yeah like Um, i mean he was a companion this show um yeah he's he's the hero right he's he keeps yep. the thing working when it's supposed to go off um i do think again you mark Gatiss, i do think there's some very funny lines i love Wait, hold on hold on i just want to be clear mark Gatiss again gay gay i just gay. want to be very clear yes. so we know everyone where we are orient ourselves around his <laughs> orientation uh, <laughs> uh but yeah there's some funny lines i love the um uh you know where uh they're trying to get it past the security guy and he uses the psychic paper and he keeps he thinks he's the king of belgium and he's like oh no, yeah belgium, that's man. funny and he's like your majesty be careful <laughs> <laughs> that was very, very funny. funny um uh and yeah i mean there's nothing i i as i was sitting and watching this i was like you know i think i've only seen this like two or three times which for me is very it's barely watched um uh and um uh yeah it's just, it's it's an okay episode it's well executed it looks the period it, stuff looks good like, yeah it looks good it's interesting the story but it just kind of is is a bit mad it's like okay yeah there we go they're in the 50s and they could have been i mean it's the interesting idea of tying it to the coronation that everybody be watching television that's kind of cool like i i feel like almost a couple more drafts of this might have tightened it up a little bit so you know uh gatus gatus Sit Stop being gay for a second, just for one second, <laughs> just, and take this note. Go back, give it another whirl, yeah. uh, and uh, let's let's make this happen. But um, in a couple seasons, let's let's do it again. One more try. One more that's try. A, that's what's happening, right? He's he's pitching us these scripts, yeah. right? I mean, we're, I, yeah, assume, okay. <laughs> I, I assume the same number of people watch the show as listen to the podcast. Well. <laughs> Then let's move along to the classic episode because I have some notes for Delta and the Bannerman. <laughs> <laughs> Season 24, which mm. as we mentioned is uh, you know, they're uh, they're running low on gas yep. here. <laughs> on fumes. <laughs> uh serial three of the original series was three episodes, blessedly uh, <laughs> release uh, episode uh, released uh, the second through the sixteenth of November in nineteen eighty seven. So I was about ten years old. I was probably uh, I was playing with a lot of Transformers at this time. That's I missed Ooh. this. Uh, yeah. because i was you were, playing with transformers you were busy. Yeah. Yeah. things to do here is uh here is here's a clip you know mm-hmm. and i just i'll just leave it at that here's a clip of this episode i don't know how i can ever thank you for what you've done you've saved my planet and my people you will always be welcome goodbye everyone i'll always think of you here at shangri-la right goodbye billy i won't forget you either oh i almost forgot Will you look after the Vincent for me? Remember to feather the clutch. Let's make this baby fly. All right. That is a representative clip of yes. the story. Yeah. Yes, it is. That, that says 
Here's the story. Here, so I have the Here's opposite the problem with Delta and the Bannerman. Here's what went down in this story. <laughs> and I would like to say that whatever I say in this, I don't even cover half of it, what goes mm. on in the story. There's a lot, a lot happening. Uh, we open on a very beautiful lady, I would like to say, mm. uh, dressed in bubble wrap. As mm. we know, Doctor Who fans love people dressed in bubble wrap, <laughs> holding a bejeweled egg. Mm. Could be like a Vogue Vanity Fair cover shot or something. It could actually be. Yeah, what's that? Um, people are trying to shoot her. They are the Bannerman. She is Delta. So we got that out of the way. Like there we are. There. Right. I mean, you Huzzah. don't waste any time getting to the heart of the storyline. <laughs> she is helped by some people who appear to be full size army men toys. Uh, she escapes to a spaceship, but these guys are pissed. Uh, and I think we're going to see more of them uh, yep. because, you know, they're in the name of the episode, too. Mm. The TARDIS appears along with the seventh doctor and companion Mel. I, Mel. I, she, although she is obviously, honestly, barely in this episode. Um, mm. They mean to head to an intergalactic tour bus that's headed to Earth in the 50s to do 50s things like no. head to Disney World and integrate a school with armed guards. No. Um, our beautiful alien lady boards the bus with them. No, no, no check-in. No yeah. ticket. No one asks why she's not dressed in 50s garb. No, no one asks, on why, yep. why do you have a bejeweled egg and a gun? <laughs> like, no one... Um, yeah, but you know what? Before 9-11, airport security was... Actually, I think, world. I think what this is, is people are reluctant to challenge pretty people. So I kind of mm -hmm. buy this. It's like, mm -hmm. if you're pretty and you just like confidently do something, everyone's just yeah. like, okay, I guess, I guess yeah, that's okay. That's true. Yeah. The bus takes off and it crashes into 1950s again. Uh, oh, oh, we thought we were going to go to America. No, it's Wales. <laughs> yeah. Wales. Um, I mean, at least they went to Wales. They're near a day camp in Wales. Uh, the doctor tries to help fix the bus. And a local boy, Billy, ends up falling in love with the beautiful alien lady, much to the chagrin of the local handy woman, Ray, Ray. who the doctor takes a shine to. And revisiting my list, who I'm also going to add the boy, the potentially gay boy from Idiot's Lantern, and <laughs> add him. I'm going to add yep. him to my near companion, what yeah. could be a companion list. He's number two behind Mrs. Yeah. Moore uh, sure. from the from the. Um, whatever the hell it's called cyberman one yeah rise of the cyberman we and recorded then, that a while ago so it's, it's no wonder you've forgotten he's <laughs> so long ago. he's going over too but look yeah. listen listen to me right. ray yeah. rockets to the top of this list ray could really? be a companion she's great really she wow. i love her this episode because mm. she is such a her voice is so endearing right. her her accent is endearing she was ionized that's my favorite line he's ionized, ionized. <laughs> so many times oh my weird my weird and i like Very, that she, the welsh are adorable and i like that she uh she's like a handy woman she she's yeah. has a, she's a socket, socket wrench, wrench and yeah. an allen wrench and, and everything um so carrie well, anyway, she didn't do anything with them ever she just happens to have them so, so listen but yeah. john she's in love with billy but billy likes delta now so ray's okay. kind of upset about it so anyway but no, she, she sees billy dancing with delta at the dance so oh, she's no. upset but the doctor dances so she's gonna be okay the she's doctor gonna does okay. dance so completely the doctor dances i know I wrote, dances. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> I wrote that down which kind of implies something the doctor quote dances with her yeah. so, so basically you know. this was sex yeah Sex, <laughs> <laughs> but she's my favorite non-companion companion. So far, and she is the companion for these three episodes. Mel is interesting. Mel's just kind of hanging around. I, I there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack with Mel. Yeah. Well, anyway. Oh, oh. By the way, also for some reason, there are two American spies with oh, accents man. that they Clark learned from Weissmuller. 
from a Jackie Gleason movie and a Tennessee <laughs> Williams play, respectively. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is just doing this perfect. I I watched The Honeymooners. I'm gonna talk like this for <laughs> it's like. I, it's phenomenal. <laughs> the other guy's southern accent is really, really barely there. Barely there. Hawk and Weissmuller. They're looking for a satellite for some reason and just have no need to be in the story. But here they are. Uh, mm-hmm. Delta's egg hatches and a glorious, hideous green baby arrives. And it is so weird looking that this episode has jumped the shark in a glorious way for me now, John, that I have like crossed over to the other side. I'm like, all right, you know what? Yeah. I'm in. This You're in. So stupid. Yeah. Um, Billy is for some reason nonplussed by this hideous baby. And he's ready to form so. a beautiful modern family with the beautiful alien. And, and um, Mel t- falls asleep. Like there's a baby... <laughs> in front of her the whole alien story and then she's just like i gotta get some sleep i got (laughs) to get some rest she even says that later the doctor's like will you come save the world she's like if i could just get some rest yes i would love to she says that that's funny the baby by the way grows like a hundred times faster than humans and is already a cute human baby in a costume like one scene later so why they needed the strange hideous baby prop is beyond me i do not know um but what I love is the baby that once they move on to the real baby, it's just clearly an actual human baby. Yeah, it's in a, a human onesie baby that in looks like a, sort of like scales, <laughs> like a Halloween costume. You yeah, know? exactly. Yeah, but um, the face is painted green, so it's not like they just phoned it in. Yeah, and it's a cute baby. It's a cute baby. Um, so uh, also occasionally the kid uh, screams at an intolerable level, just like mm. real kids. So this is true to life, <laughs> like human kids. Yeah, there's a lot of messaging about parenting. Uh, the dark. By the way, I'm about halfway through. Um, yeah. <laughs> and remember, we 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 last, be hanging on. <laughs> last episode, we summarized the Inferno, a seven part <laughs> with, with a pretty interesting plot, but like it didn't take this long to get there. Uh, okay, the the doctor talks to Delta realizes they're in danger he gets the owner of the camp who's a delightful old man um to evacuate everyone and we get a whole exciting montage footage including exciting music of people getting onto a bus it's this two minute long thing of they're just getting it's just travelers getting onto a bus banjo music like it's great the music music is fantastic in this episode is so bad it's so bad right from the beginning (laughs) it's it's really awful It, it gets worse but it's really bad right from the beginning uh, the Bannermen do arrive, as we feared, and they are pissed off and they're ready to kill Not people. Happy. They threaten the spies, but they sense how vital the spies are to the plot and spare them for some reason. <laughs> yeah, they kill reason. everyone else <laughs> wantonly, but put yeah. the spies in like a weird little neck thing. And then the next scene, we them. see why we have this boarding footage, because we wanted to really give these people importance because they are immediately all murdered yeah. um, in a huge tonal shift. <laughs> They yes. just murder 20 people. <laughs> uh, Mel, who, by the way, again, like I said, is a non-factor in the story as mm-hmm. Ray is way cooler. Mm-hmm. And the, the camp owner get she and the camp owner get Mel and the camp owner get captured. The doctor arrives as the head bannerman gnaws on raw pork for some reason. Yeah. It's an mm-hmm. Odd choice. <laughs> this this whole episode is very memeable. Like in the yeah, you could take so many screenshots of this. They're so ridiculous and and great, or 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 like even short video clips. Um, the doctor just sort of talks the hostages away for reasons I don't understand. Yeah. Um, 
then and they just let him go like and then that's actually the cliffhanger to the episode because he walks away kind of boldly kind of thinking can i just get away with this i'm just gonna say i'm taking these hotchesses and there's nothing you can do about it and then he hears a bunch of gun clicks and pointing at him and he says oh my god like i might have pushed it too far gone too far the new episode starts that same moment plays back and then he just they just continue to walk away and everyone just stares at them and nothing happens like it's just I have no idea why. Uh, <laughs> well, then, they, they, they hit 25 minutes. Right. Some bannermen come to get Delta and they interrupt a lovely picnic. Hmm. Um, Delta's daughter screams at them. Uh, Delta and Billy go with the doctor and flee to a friendly local beekeeper's cottage. The, the beekeeper, again, great. Love the beekeeper. Yeah. Yeah. Love him. Uh, they the doctor has an amazing plan to throw the bannerman off the track he sets up an elaborate home alone or ferris bueller like system to Mm -hmm. fool the bannerman into thinking they're still in the cottage which is he turns on one radio and leaves (laughs) a scarf under a door and that is his big like they'll never see through this subterfuge mirage brilliant they'll be confused for days the bannerman arrive and shockingly they are confused they are fooled by this so you know i guess i shouldn't have questioned it they eventually bar- a honey trap. Yeah. Yes, they eventually barge in where the <laughs> scarf is, and we are treated to extremely dramatic footage of honey jars falling on them, and they react like this is acid. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually thought that it was going to be something that it was revealed, where it's yeah. like, oh yes, I knew that honey would react with their alien skin in such a way no it's not oh, that they're just also honey falls on you. also do bees attack honey no the, that, i have a bunch of questions this. <laughs> first of all, let's, we're, all, we're almost to that the jars first of all break so easily they fall oh, on yeah. like their skin and break <laughs> these are jars of honey how does this happen they react to those acid they run outside and as you say the bees swarm around them because why do bees eat bees don't eat honey and then uh, here's my that's what i said i think they're mad because they made the honey and these guys just came in and ruined busted it all up yeah Um, yeah. you also sort of think this is going to be some key thing of like oh does he know because they mentioned earlier that she could hear the bees so maybe that was something like yeah there's parallels to the life cycle uh, of the bee in her right right but no, they just basically get stung a lot. Like it's just basically, you know, cannonball run. <laughs> just mm. some some silly thing <laughs> happens to them. It slows them down, but they just keep going. Billy, meanwhile, wants to show how serious he is. So instead of making her mixtape, he drinks her baby's baby food. <laughs> show he's he's known her for two hours, so yeah. you know he's willing to change species and fly. Away. He no. he shows that he'll even drink alien food, and I'll 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 turn into your slime. Bold move, Billy. Uh, the bannermen find them, and they broadcast Delta's daughter's uh, voice over the loudspeakers, which kills some bannermen yeah. and forces the leader to fall into a trap that he himself set, and he was yeah, standing right he next hoist to. And his own baton. Um, yeah. Everyone is saved and gets what they want. Delta gets her daughter. Billy gets his hot alien wife. Ray gets a motorcycle. Yeah, the camp owner gets a tour bus from Skegness. Uh, and <laughs> the doctor do. and Mel get to leave. <laughs> yeah. And the American spies get their satellite. And more importantly, a glorious story to tell their American friends who are also real Americans. Really, yeah. we swear, they're really Americans, definitely. And the, and the wonderful ending song, Here's to the Future. <laughs> it's all uh, very good. What What did I miss? What didn't I miss, John? This is just, there's so much here. A rich, um, rich 
fabric uh, here in this episode. Yeah, so this is not regarded as one of the great classics. <laughs> of I, I would give you that. Um, uh, it is uh, this is from season twenty four, which is Sylvester McCoy, the Seventh Doctor's first season, which was a bit rough. Yeah, uh, the, he. Um, <laughs> and I will say, like, yes, I didn't love Curse of Fenric. By now, I would point out yeah, the Curse of Fenric yeah. is somewhere around the middle of all my rankings, but um, what well, didn't love it. But he's much he I liked him in the episode. In yeah, he's episode. in control but here. He's third. Yeah. This, this is his third story. Um, and the character, so the character scene in Fenric is very different from this one. So so um uh Colin Baker had been fired uh at the end of the last season. The first one and a half stories of this season were actually written for Colin Baker, um, because they didn't know who was going to be the doctor. So, you know, he was, they were still sort of finding his character. The script editor of uh, of the entire McCoy era, and starting with this season, is a guy named Andrew Cartmel, who at the time was like in his mid 20s and had never really what? written. Yeah. <laughs> just like, there's no one really cared about the show anymore. And so they were just like, it was the old, and to his credit, he does a very good job. He's, um, he's very clever. Uh, he, he, he does come up with good stories, but he kind of got handed this season halfway done. I mean, it was, it was, it was in progress. This guy had never, uh, Malcolm Cole, who wrote this, had never written for Doctor Who before, never wrote for it again. Um, uh the um in, uh, you know uh, so the dr mccoy's character trying to figure out mel this is only her she was she came on board in the six doctors era as part of this story called trial of time lord which is a huge long story um and she comes in in the middle of it and for various reasons at, at some point we'll see when we watch that story um she's already traveling with the doctor. she doesn't get an introduction story she's already with the doctor because they kind of flash forward to his future and then at the end of the story, she goes off with the doctor, but she's never actually officially met him in the series. Uh, and we never see that meeting. So she doesn't really get a backstory. So she's supposed to be a computer programmer. She They have fixed <laughs> her in the audios. Uh, so she's okay. the audio stories give her much more of a story. And she's she's um, she also at the time was a very controversial actress at choice because she was a she was known as a child actress, like a very young child actress that had been mm. in all sorts of TV and musical theater and all that kind of stuff. And so at the time, I, I'd never heard of her, but at the time, of course, people in the UK were like, oh, you know, this is just like, you know, Macaulay Culkin, like an adult Macaulay Culkin coming to a show, which apparently is quite good now. But anyway, um, uh, so she was a half-formed character. So that's kind of a mess. Um, all of these actors <clears throat> in this story are actually sort of famous theater vaudeville variety show actors. So the toll master is Ken Dodd, who uh, is, was very famous in the UK. He was like a variety show sort of comedian uh, a guy. Um, uh, and so it was a very big deal. He looked like a guy from a children's show. Yeah. Um, a very popular guy. Um, uh, the, um, uh, so the Americans were American. So, uh, um, really? Hawk, no, uh, no, wait, uh, Weissmuller, the, the big fat guy, that's Dubby K who apparently originated the role of nicely, whatever in guys and dolls on nicely, Broadway. Nicely. And, yeah. Wow. He was a big Broadway guy. Um, um, the, I, that uh, blows my mind because <laughs> their accents, both of them were so comical. Very broad. I think he'd done comedy. Um, Hugh Lloyd, who plays Garanway, he was a, a fairly, he was a huge sitcom star in the UK. Um, again, this towards the end of his career, obviously. <laughs> Um, these are these are like I don't think they even in the eighties. I think they were fading. Obviously, I don't think they were like yeah, ooh yeah. like. But Ken Dodd, I, I think was still big. Um, 
John Henderson, who plays Gavrock, the main bad guy, um, he is most famous for uh, he is the in the in Star Wars in the Death Star scene where they're debating in the boardroom. Um, he's the one of the generals who's like uh, who's sort of challenging the guy who builds the Death Star. Uh, you know, it's like or whatever, or the guy who. You know, he gets in the Darth Vader chokes the other guy, and there there are two people arguing. I've, I've described it really well, but anyway, he's no that <laughs> scene. General Tag or something like that. Tag, whatever. Um, he's going into the tonal shifts. Um, it's like he walked into another show. It's like they're like, we're doing a very gritty, hardcore drama, and you need to play this <laughs> very, very serious. And everyone oh, else man. is like having a variety show. And like, yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, they kill all those people which is really a dark twist um you know and, and he like kills ken dodd the toll master guy and like it's like oh it, it doesn't you're you're not it really is like you just wandered in off another show and nobody mentioned to you we're doing a comedy variety and literally <laughs> right after they're killing them then they're going to the spies and they're like well what another fine mess we've got ourselves <laughs> into and then they're like and then uh i love they keep like you mentioned ray's line i think she says it three times maybe it's only twice though like she keeps saying he's been ionized. He was ionized. <laughs> it's a wonderful Welsh accent. Um, that guy Burton, uh, you may recognize from Four oh. Towers. He was the um, uh, in the the one he looked with familiar. the body, uh, the one where they find the dead body in the room. He is the husband of the of the couple he's a who, guest. who's renting the room. Yeah, he looked familiar, kind of... and he is great. I mean, like, yeah. and again, like that's what I'm saying is like I like the Welsh girl because like I just but I just she was just in the right. If the whole episode would have been this feel and or the feel of uh, the the camp oh, owner, oh yeah, doing right. great. Like I, I mean, and in some ways, this this episode is very bad, but it's sort of <laughs> it's sort it's of fun. like charmingly bad. Like it, it at some I, point, like I said, it gets so bad, but it, it it's not bad in a like droning, boring way. It's bad yeah. in this like, wow, what the hell is going on? They're like, clearly <laughs> having fun. Uh, they're clearly having a great time together. I think they did say that they filmed it all at this holiday camp. So they were kind of all, when they're on location, it's a very big, sort of like an acting company. You know, everybody just kind of hangs out and they go to the bar at night and stuff like that. So they're having fun. Um, uh, it's, um, it's interesting you mentioned. So Ray was supposed to be a companion. So um, oh, they, wow. they were writing Bonnie Langford's Mel. She was going to be written out. And there was uh, Ray's in this episode. The very next episode is called Dragonfire, which has Sophie Aldred, who plays Ace, who eventually does become the companion. And they were sort of going to, as they were filming them, it was kind of an audition. Like, well, we could go with Ray, we could go with Ace, uh, and they could rearrange the order of the stories or whatever. That's, and eventually that's they too bad. With Ace. Because I, I like, I probably like Ace better than her, but I, I thought she was good. I mean, and, and again, you know, I'm glad they helped fix her character, um, you know, because not probably I have no idea if it was the actress's fault, but Mel was just like nothing. And so it's just yeah. like in, in this episode, I felt she was she was so much more um, actionable and just just kind of fun to watch as a companion. But yeah, I mean, Ace was Ace is more compelling. Yeah, Ace is so. interesting. Um, uh, yeah, and I mean, you know, Mel, Mel just never really gets a shot. So this whole again, this whole season is kind of all over the place. It's almost uh, uh, some people have said season 24 is like Doctor Who is kind of comic, like a like a comic strip, like a <laughs> very. I, I think for me, um, I, I like this episode. Uh, I, I agree with everything that you say in terms of how it, the model work is terrible, it's so <laughs> especially bad. the scene where the bus is smaller than the TARDIS. <laughs> like, um, there's a lot of bad stuff. 
But um, for me, if you, it, it's the moment at the beginning where you introduce the two Americans with the with the even though they're Americans with the bad accents, um, and the guy he goes to the police box and picks up the phone and is like, "Can you get me the White House in Washington yeah. D.C.?" <laughs> and like two seconds later, then like if if you accept that is happening, that sets the tone for the whole rest of it. As long as you can get past again them wiping out murdering characters for no reason. <laughs> but then again, that that kind of a stuff when they do add in the murder becomes yeah. sort of funny because it's like, what are you doing? What? But when they <laughs> go not to not the way this is supposed to go. <laughs> when they go to the police box and use the phone, so that was just a police box then. Yes, they were okay. real. I don't think they were just randomly in the middle of the countryside. I think they were more. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> kind of but yeah. What I loved about that is yes, you have to be along for the ride to say like get me the white house and and he gets it but then also <laughs> when they get off the phone they're like "Ooh, it sounded like you really talked to the white house <laughs> like they were all excited <laughs> it was funny uh, um, i do i love the little throwaway um uh this is a why smaller whatever calling from um uh calling from wales in england which of course the english <laughs> would be outraged by uh, uh that, that but is, that's uh, good yeah we would yeah. say that definitely. um uh garen uh hugh lloyd the beekeeper um so there is a long-standing um he has some weird reactions to some of the things that happen. He sees the TARDIS disappear and he kind of winks at it. And he seems to know a lot of what's going on and stuff. There was a fan theory that he's a future doctor. Uh, and Stephen Moffat um, mm. later says in, you know, when he was running the show, he's like, yeah, I kind of subscribe to that theory. I think, I think Garen, we might've been a future doctor, an alternate doctor or something like that. Cause the, yeah, the way he, uh, the way he replays it and, and the way he reacts what? to things, it's kind of like, Oh, he seems to know more of what's going on here than, or we're seem to be accepting it all with a great deal of, I need to, okay. I would need to see more of how the doctors, what, what that would mean. A future yeah. doctor. I guess we'll see more about that. With it's the doctor it's not, it's not like, it's not like everybody's like, Oh, that's the doctor. But yeah, it's just sort of like, that could be, it might make sense uh, in here. I, I also, I do love again, tone of the story. I love how they, they get past. And I don't know why they do this more often. They go to Burton, the head of the camp. They're like, there are aliens coming by. And he's like, let me get this straight. Aliens in search of another alien or whatever. And he's like, how do I convince you? He's like, show me a spaceship. I'm like, okay. And then, like, 10 seconds later, they're coming out of the TARDIS. He's like, oh, all right. It's all true. He's like, okay. And then I love that. From that. I also love, again, why I liked Ray is because she's like, do, do I need to show you the spaceship? And he's like, all right. And then she goes, ooh, can I come? <laughs> he's um, been ionized. He's been ionized. Uh, I want to say that uh, again, the baby is what really sold me on this. And um, so the baby hatching is horrifying and yeah. like weird. Alien like yeah. cutting to her holding the baby is this wonderful scene for me because again, this this woman uh is is really beautiful and she's holding this hideous thing. And then the best thing is at the beginning of episode two, um, and we should say the end of episode one has the great line, the I don't just kill for money, it's also yeah. something that I enjoy. Yeah. Um but then at the at episode two, she's holding the baby again, and they just kind of double down on it. She's just really cradling. No, he's not a baby right away. She's yeah. cradling the little weird model, and yeah, it's puppet. just so stupid looking. Um, <laughs> it's so funny. I I, I love that. Um, the the uh, some other good music moments when he shoots. I believe the uh, the host you were mentioning, the television mm -hmm. host. Yeah. There's yeah, a music out. sting when he gets shot. <laughs> they go like, no, no, no. It's really <laughs> weird. Um, they, uh, the bannermen once are cut to and they like 
stick their tongues out in oh, a weird yeah. way. It's yeah. like there's some weird salute. Uh, devouring the pig's head. I became actually, I had to rewind this scene because I became so obsessed with, it really looked like raw meat. And I was like, yeah, it looked like raw chicken. And I'm like, raw? I don't think you should eat that. No, yeah. but he had, it, it was a pig's me. head. It was really like, yeah, I don't know. And then he, some great lines he have. Uh, he said, I, I spit on your justice. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I um, use that all the time. Whenever I get a parking ticket. Yeah. Yeah. Basically say that. Yeah. But, uh, Really great. The bees, again, we mentioned. Oh, I love they clearly just picked some camp in Wales and uh, it had yeah. weird, stupid animal statues out there, which are just yeah. just there. I mean, there's just yeah. it's apparently, all so, so great. So apparently they, they these were um, I don't I don't think we have. Well, may, you know, maybe it's the equivalent of the um, uh, the camp they go to in Dirty Dancing. Um, right. Which we talk about in our Dirty Dancing. Mrs. Podcast. Probe's favorite movie. Uh, <laughs> Mrs. Yeah, Probe's uh, favorite movie, by the way. Uh, oh yeah okay so uh, yeah so they go to that holiday camp and there's all these activities and their cabins and they go to the dances and stuff so I think that's and, and so that's what they're referencing here um, obviously those really don't exist anymore either in the UK or the US um, they did find that was an actual holiday camp apparently that they filmed that um, and um, when they all they the whole company goes out there they were on location for however long uh, and a couple of the actors were like yeah um, they were like oh you can stay at the holiday camp and all the actors kind of look like they're like yeah <laughs> we're gonna stay at a hotel uh and they said some of the crew tried to stay at the camp and like after the first night they were like run out by giant rats and they're just like nope never mind, never mind oh no um yeah um but uh yeah um uh it's um uh again it it, it fits with this season of doctor who this is probably close to one of the last classic series stories that i saw because it just it isn't it's not significant in any way. Um, uh, it's not, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't have any huge storyline either. I, I do like, uh, I like that McCoy, the seventh doctor is, he's, he's kind of in command of the whole thing, right? Like he's never, he's always got a plan for the next thing. He's never really at a loss. He, you know, he, he does, you know, maybe go too far on that, but then drives away anyway. I think it's established. They let him go. So they could find, he would lead them to Delta, but it could be a little bit clearer. Um, but yeah, he's, he's the, you know, he comes up with the plans. He's the instigator. I like that. They make him a strong character. Um, you're right about Mel. Again, it's a shame they can't, because I, I do think Bonnie Langford again in the audio has really shown she can, it's a really interesting, interesting story and she she actually she's similar in, in many ways to liz in that she is a computer programmer she's very smart she's very independent um uh although she was cast uh because she could scream very well so um yeah. uh, uh, one of the one of the fast. things was um the producer said that can uh, you know she wanted her to scream in the same key as the beginning of the closing credits so it would you could merge the scream right into the right into the sort of uh, but so very important casting choice um but yeah um uh this one i i like it it just makes me happy it's it's not the best story ever but uh it's it's just rockets along by its own cheerfulness yeah, <laughs> except it's... when they kill everyone <laughs> <laughs> theming theming on this world we going theming theming with my girl yes it's time for the theme section we are adherents of the repeating themes on no not the mind probe or untump as the kids like to uh, refer to us when they do refer to us, which is not often, John, yeah, they not really often. don't often. They do have that, not but... tweeted at us yet because they, they're holding back. They yeah, want to. 
they want to evaluate us as a whole, not yeah. as a single episode. They want to <laughs> right, like look right. at the full corpus before yeah, they engage. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. You got to see the whole art. You don't. You don't. You don't. You don't comment on the painting when it's only half done. Now, before we get into the themes, I just want to check back in. Uh, Mark Gaddis, still gay? Where are okay. we on this? Still okay, gay. Uh, Gaddis Watch 2020. <laughs> <laughs> still, still homosexual. So uh, the theme we were going to uh, talk a little bit about is just tone in Doctor Who, which varies wildly as we saw even within episodes uh, in yeah. these couple of the stories we watched t- uh, today, right? But what oh. what did you want to talk about in terms of tone? Well, what I mean, what uh, I don't. So let's just go on. No, <laughs> I varied my tone there. Well, I don't. Well, how, what do you What do you call Doctor Who? What What, what would you? It's sci fi. Yeah, would you call it a comedy, a drama, a dramedy, a variety show. Yeah, it's a tough because mime, the old, whatever. the classic Who is much also also well, not in all seasons, mm-hmm. but in many of the old seasons, is much more of an anthology show too. So the tone, by the nature of it being oh. an anthology show, is Maybe somewhat varied, although, you know, uh, the Twilight Zone is an anthology show, but the tone actually remains fairly similar episode to episode. Dark, dark and and anti anti red scare. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) I think I think the the overall tone of Doctor Who is there has to be ultimately elements of lightness to it, because without that, um, it, it would just be drudgery. And, and that's what's it never is. Um, I believe we talked in an earlier episode about <laughs> both of our dislike for Blade Runner. It, like an episode of Doctor Who could never feel like a scene from Blade Runner. It's never going to feel that dark. Like even the even when you react or tell me certain old episodes are, oh, this was a little darker and people weren't sure about it. It's like, it's not that dark. <laughs> it's nowhere near <laughs> that dark. There's always a lightness to it that part you know just the character of the doctor brings to it but there is a tone uh it's mixed in with like the doctor is jetting around and visiting these i think the good episodes visit real events and and the events that are happening to these people the things that are happening around them and happening to them have to feel somewhat real in that sense or when they don't those are the episodes that lose me a little bit or and then the other side of that is you have an episode like delta in the banner where it's like oh this is just off the rails so let's just have fun i mean well she's she's trying to avoid um becoming a victim of genocide in a light-hearted musical comedy (laughs) 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 it's got a it's got a springtime for hitler vibe to it uh sort of that yeah i mean and and that's uh so i think one of the wonderful things about Doctor Who is from story to story it is totally all over the place right uh, and um, uh, you know there are from the very beginning there would be you know, uh, you know, space operas to, uh, you know, small character pieces, um, you know, like the, the taught psychological drama that is the edge of destruction. Uh, yeah. There are, uh, you know, there's comedies. There are, we'll, we'll see, especially in the first Doctor, but there are sort of out and out comedies. You even see that in the new series a little bit more, entirely historical stories um, uh, to, you know, sort of Shakespearean drama to, uh, you know, just sort of hokey 1950s style sci-fi um and yeah so they are all over the place so so it's interesting maybe maybe that's a challenge to the producers right well so also through all of them and this is something that you see in particular in the new series but through all of them there is that element of wit right like they are 
human. They don't take themselves totally seriously. Yeah. Uh, and you know, the doctor can be funny. I mean, it is. It's, it's a guy traveling around in a phone booth, wearing a magician's outfit. Sometimes uh, wearing a magician's outfit. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yeah, you can only take it so seriously. Or it's a not question be mark, Bond. or an yeah, umbrella with a question, question mark at the end of it. Yeah, which, by exactly. the way, forgot to mention this. McCoy has an umbrella with a question mark on it, which is ridiculous and stupid. Um, but I also want that umbrella. It looked really cool. <laughs> I, like I have umbrella. it. Oh, I like that umbrella. Yes. When when one accessorizes, one first checks to see if Doctor Who has the accessories. So, so I, do I you remember. have the question mark suspenders of the no, Sixth Doctor? <laughs> no, you can get a pattern to buy the jumper uh, with the question marks on them and stuff. Yes, but uh, um, yeah, no. But uh, so I think where it gets tricky for Doctor Who is, and, and maybe is is again, juggling all those tones, right? And, and again, you see that in Delta and Betterman. I think you see it a little bit in Edith's Lantern in that they're trying to have this sort of dramatic story around the family and the father who's clearly abusive yeah. uh, and, and, and stuff. And it's just like, ah, yeah, if you're going to do that here, you better do it. You can't just kind of toss off a little, you know, just sort of pepper in a little abusive story. Just like throw a little... <laughs> abusive spice in the gumbo uh, and then be like, and now we'll go back to the 1950s lady who's screaming hungry uh, on the TV. Um, uh, and, you know, again, same thing with Dalton Bannerman. It's like, okay, it's it's a light story where people call the president uh, on the phone from Wales uh, and then, oh, quick, we've just killed all the all the fun characters from the 50s or, you know, Murray, who we liked, right? We liked Murray. He was a good character. Like and then, Murray. Yeah, he just kind of dies suddenly <laughs> in a very horrible <laughs> way. Um, and uh, yeah, Actually, and another so- tonal, uh, tonal shift in The Idiot's Lantern is, I mean, believable enough, like the reaction, but... Uh, when Rose's face gets taken off, yeah. the doctor has this huge turn of like, well, now you've just yeah. unleashed the fury of hell I from the doctor. Everyone. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh God. Like I, I, again, understandable, but it's also what's I think difficult is yes, of course he'd be upset that Rose is in danger or hurt. Rose is in danger or hurt every yeah, single episode and yeah. then by the way in between kind of episodes there's also <laughs> 10 other adventures that they're having where she's also probably yeah. in danger so yeah. it's a little tough to i actually think the tone worked really well in one, one of the reasons i think the ones that we really like are the ones where the tone they're always tonal shifts right but the ones where they handle them or they feel like they serve the story well or sometimes they're part of the story those are the ones we end up liking and tooth and claw was one of those where there are big tonal shifts. The queen even calls them out at the end saying, yeah. you're just joking around. This is really yeah. happening to us. Um, but during the episode, it was really fun and believable. They would kind of joke around there. She kept trying to get Queen um, yep. Liz, uh, Victoria Victoria. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, Vict- uh, Victoria, to say we are not amused. Mm-hmm. And um, it was like a joke one with it. But you could see if it, it's kind of like, um, you you know if you know people who are doctors or surgeons or any kind of a job that has some you know serious life and death decisions in it, it's also just their job, and so they joke yeah. around with their coworkers because if they didn't, they just couldn't get get through it. So when well, you see like, them, it's like the uh, it's like the TV we were just talking about detective shows, right, or, right. or CSI or something like that. You know, the joke, the Law and Order joke. You know, oh, parking in Manhattan can be murder. <laughs> right, like, right. Probably right. you wouldn't do that. But yeah, if you're constantly finding bodies, eventually you're going to maybe crack a joke every once in a while. I mean, I, I'm certainly the king of inappropriate jokes because finding bodies left and right. So um, if you run into Queen Victoria, you're going to like joke yeah, around about yeah, meeting her yeah. and, and, you know, and so I think that works like, well. Um, but I do think the ones where they 
it, it feels a little bit like a, um, it is, I think a difficult thing to get your hands around. And so I, I yeah. imagine it would be, e it would be easy to lose control. I bet you could do a script of a doctor who script and then do a draft. And from one draft to the next, you're like, wow, we've lost control of the tone yeah. of the show. Exactly. <laughs> you add in one more joke in there and then it's like, I don't know what this is anymore, you know, or one well, more and, murder. And you, you add in yeah. one more murder. <laughs> uh, can we sneak one in? Uh, I think we've lost it. It's over the top now. Uh, we shouldn't have wiped out that child. Um, oh, gosh. <laughs> and that's what's right. No, and I, and I think that's when they get it right. I think that's a testament because you know again shows like csi or or you know other shows they have a single tone and you and you can fall into these patterns and you know how to write it and you know where the jokes go or when not to do and stuff like that and the thing about doctor who is you know every writer is faced with exactly that it's like i could there's a lot of ways i can go here um and uh and you're you're, you're less imprisoned by structure and yeah, you could totally imagine that, you know, depending on the writer's mood, he's like, no, nah, it's going to be fun. We'll have a joke about honey. And like, oh, I'm just going to kill them all. <laughs> like you're, you're not necessarily constrained by that. Um, and so the talent is getting, getting that balance just right. Um, uh, uh, because you just have total free reign. Um, uh, and, you know, and, and again, I think as I, you know, as I said, most people when you watch doctor who um after after you've been through it once and you start to go back which you'll do obviously um uh you pick stories by mood right it's like mm, i feel like I'm a, a funny tom baker or i feel like a serious william hartnell or a or a sexy patrick john no that doesn't <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh yeah it's uh, you know there's just different stories for uh, uh and, you know um and, and the the format gives that flexibility um and again I, but it's one of the remarkable things about the series is that it shouldn't right they should sort of be like okay it's a serious sci-fi show it's a jokey sci-fi show it's whatever um but because they established, as we see from, since we've watched so many of that first season, it's all over the place. Uh, and they're clearly experimenting and just playing around and seeing what they can do, what they get away with. And, and they never stop, which is, well, I think is a cool I, part of it. I'm going to plan a tonal shift for this podcast, but uh, we're on this, we're on the 17th episode. Now this is going to come around episode like 58 and I'm going to turn the podcast tone into like a sexy French avant-garde film. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll just have to watch for it. Right. We're going to have to smoke more cigarettes during it. Yeah. 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 And have more sex live during the podcast. <laughs> Look, I mean, <laughs> I think we've just seen that the commitment to these tonal shifts works. We just have to do it. We just got to go with it. Some are going to work. Some aren't going to work. No. <laughs> yeah, we might have a, an immediate second tone shift in episode 58. <laughs> John. Yeah. How you doing? Yeah. Good. Doing okay. yeah. So, so. Yeah. You know what? I'm okay with so, so. At this okay. point in the podcast, if John is so, so, that's fine. Well, that's no, fine. it's, it's, um, it is. Um, mm. in in the world where this is being listened to, 2021. 2020 2021. is over. That's so exciting. That's, that's good. We it's, feel good about that. We're hesitantly excited. Yeah. 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 And you know um, what? The last 20s after a big pandemic, people had a lot of fun. That is now, true. By the end of it, the world kind of went downhill. Yeah. But, right. yeah. And, and, you know, dictators took over and we ended up in a sort of fight for our very survival as a human race but yeah. during the 20s themselves we had a great yeah. time great time great time although um uh prohibition uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah 
but somehow they drank a lot in the 20s so it wasn't really that we're bad. getting the opposite we're we're unprohibiting uh mm. drugs now in the u.s yeah yeah i believe you see right. legalized magic mushrooms or something like that or said we won't arrest people for them so well this so, is all so stay tuned probers the next <laughs> next one's gonna get wild <laughs> <laughs> This is all very relevant to the ranking section. Yeah. Show, uh, where we rank recreational drugs. Uh, <laughs> no, we rank Doctor Who story silly. Oh, uh, that was a tonal shift right there. That's yeah, right. Nicely done. Nicely done. There's 295 of them. We've ranked yeah. 32 so far, but we're going to rank on, these two. On. We're going to up to 34. I'll go first as I am want yeah. to do. Uh, I, I, I'm just going to predict it. There is not a new number one. I'm just going to say. <laughs> There's not a new number one. The top not is holding, holding That would firm. be bold. That would be bold. <laughs> the Idiot's Lantern, let's get this out of the way. The Idiot's Lantern <laughs> is never going to be the new number one. It's just yeah. too middle of the road. Yeah. I, I struggled with it being, is it the top half of the middle of the road or the bottom half of the middle? I ended up near the top half because like, mm. if you step back from it, it's like, it is a good episode. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's enjoyable. I like it. Um, I liked it more than, for example, School Reunion because, like, Sarah Jane coming back was great, but, like, yeah. didn't have as much effect on me. Um, plus, it has the demerit for canine being in it at School Reunion. So um, so I have it above School Reunion and Girl in the Fireplace and a couple of these. Uh, I have it uh, at number 13. So it's um, it's actually higher, at, you know, again, it, it's the top of the middle. Hmm. Um, hmm. Delta and the Bannerman, that would be the one that I would say... That, what a bold pick if I made that number one because it is very enjoyable. <laughs> um, at the beginning, it just feels so bad, but then by the end, you're like, yeah, this is just silly. Yeah. There's so yeah. many just blatantly bad choices. Um, but what I ended up deciding is it's at the top of the bottom for me, is the way okay. I put it. It's okay. like it's not good. It's it's at the bottom, but it's at the top. So and I felt the ones I put it around felt like a kinship to me in, in a way. I know some of these you like more than others, but I put it near like the Ark in space and warriors of the deep and of like, these are like, they're kind of like when I watch them, I don't feel gripped into the reality of these shows, but they're fun watches. Um, And it's certainly like, it's enjoyable. Um, But I, I couldn't move it up above. For example, I have Rose actually is like ending up pretty low on my list. The first episode, even though it was very good and sort of draws you in, but um I couldn't put it above that, for example. So I put yeah. it between, I have Ark in Space above it, Delta and the Bannerman, Warriors of the Deep. Um, mm-hmm. Is how I have it. It's at number 24 out of 34. Okay. Okay. I'll allow it. Carry on. Um, yeah, no, I am. Um, uh, they're both towards the bottom for me. Uh, I have, uh, as I go through sort of uh, comparing new series stuff. So basically, I, start, I just kind of looked at it where it's, because as I say, I had trouble pairing it with a, a classic series episode. It just, didn't really quite fit uh, and maybe it fit everything i guess and sort of it's a very standard alien invasion story in some ways uh so yeah i was kind of going through and saying all right which of the new series stories is better i have it slightly better than the long game um just because i I think it is a more interesting story um but you know i i see i like it better than boomtown you don't like that that's how i got it i got it above that and i I just kept yeah no i mean i I like boomtown and the significance of the character moments and stuff like that um uh it's it's very much a filler episode it's not bad um but by uh, the way boomtown being a good example of generally kind of an episode a side story but they did advance things in the plot you know advancing the character and stuff yeah 80s lantern doesn't really count 
for much uh, in terms of plot development or character development. Um, so all the story just just not uh, as I say. I, I sort of I only have seen it a couple times and I don't really remember a ton about it. Uh, it doesn't stand out for me. Um, and then Delta and the Bannerman. Soft spot for my heart, but as I was going through the classic episodes we watched, I was like, no, I don't think it's better than that. I don't think it's better. <laughs> so it does end up down uh, below Idiot Slender, below the long game, uh, uh, but above Megalos, the Edge of Destruction, and 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 rounding out the bottom, Vengeance and Vod. Oh, I forgot uh, about Megalos. <laughs> yeah. Um, because uh, uh, it's a, it's totally a mess. The special effects are ridiculous. The story is kind of ridiculous, but it's just sort of carried along by how fun it is. I I have rewatched it more than probably I should, <laughs> but like more than you would expect. Just because, yeah, it's like it's one of those ones where it's like if you want to be in a good mood on a Saturday afternoon and watch a thing that you can half nap to, uh, I I'll come back to it. Um, and when, uh, and you know. when the when the world opens back up again and we start the uh, No Not the Mind Probe Road Show, yeah, uh, yeah. where we you know get a get a crowd the together. audience warm up. Get get a crowd together at a theater and watch an episode and kind of like talk along with it. Yeah. The funny thing is, is like these are the episodes I'd want to. I'd want to watch yeah. Delta and the Bannerman with a big crowd of people. That'd be so much fun. Like, that yeah. would be really enjoyable. Yeah. Or watching Megalos. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, but but of those bad ones, Delta and the Bannerman would be the most fun to watch because like yeah. it's just so silly and doesn't yeah, take itself it's silly seriously. And happy. It's got uh, you know the, the music is kind. Of, I, I'm I'm kind of I was impressed at. Um, they used, except for the last song, which was written by uh, Kef McCullough, the, the, the composer's his girlfriend, I think, or no, his girlfriend sings it. I think he wrote the song. Um, they were using real 50s rock and roll songs, Rock Around the Clock and 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 stuff. Why Do Fools Fall in Love? And I was like, I was surprised. I was like, oh, you know, you ever thought they'd be doing like Camp Town Races or something? You know? <laughs> <laughs> so they have to pay for it. So I was, I was surprised that the rights and that they retain the rights. They're still in the... Uh, they're still in the broadcast or still on the on the stream. I was surprised by that too because often what they'll do if you never notice it, but because sometimes it's the background you just never notice it. But when you watch old shows, they'll replace them with soundalikes. Yeah. And you know, if you've never seen if you've never seen the episode before, you actually usually don't notice. But if you've seen the episode, you either notice right away and you're like, "That's wrong. The song yeah. isn't there. What's wrong?" <laughs> or it just feels weird. You're like, something's yeah. off, but I don't know what's happening. It's Generic just wrong. Serial yeah. Yeah, brand. Uh, um, and, but if they don't, like, what? Um, I feel like Boston Legal was held up for a long time because they yeah, some of those used shows. a lot. Yeah, some of the shows that use a lot of classic music, uh, they have to, it takes forever to get them out of rights. I don't know if that's was holding up Night Court from streaming. I don't recall it using a lot of classic music, but. <laughs> oh, I love Night Court. One of my yeah. favorite shows. I would love to do a Night Court rewatch podcast that would anytime. Be fun. Oh, I used to love I that love show. I love that. Well, um, John, uh, that's, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> We'll leave it at that. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's great. Um, but uh, I think we should mention that people can go to mindprobe.show if mm-hmm. they want to see notes from old episodes or this episode or any episode oh. that we, well, no, not any episode yet. Any episode of ours that has aired. Look, I don't know why this is so difficult to understand. We're not going to put out notes for episodes that happen in the future. We're not going to yeah. do that. Yeah. We have our complete rankings, which you can go on there and then disagree with and shake your fist at the sky and then make your own ranking and send it to us. Um, and and then you can also, sub, it shows you how to subscribe to the podcast, which we'd love if you subscribe. If you're on mm-hmm. iTunes, go and subscribe, Spotify. Uh, some people listen on Google Podcasts, all sorts of things. 
your podcast player of choice. Wherever if, sound is available. People, wherever sound is available. People listen want, wherever the sound. If you want to subscribe, because then you'll get each new episode that generally comes out around uh, midday on Saturday. It will come right into your little podcast player and show up and you'll press play and your mm-hmm. ears will take in vibrations and your brain will be told what the words that is are. That's how it works. That is how it works. <laughs> I mean, I could go on, but I mean, that's, that's what happens. People get the gist. If you have a question, tweet at Porter to ask how to how does hearing work uh, well to, well this is the thing okay so it's a oh, new year you your twitter account you, i you may in out? the new year i may decide to mm-hmm. at least put it on a hiatus um Ooh. so we'll what we'll say is if you want to reach out to us you can email uh and now you can email both of us you can email porter at mindprobe.show oh. and john at mindprobe.show so we'll make can that you? happen i have to set that up well, we'll make that happen. Yeah, we'll make it happen. Do we, I, need, so, I need a secretary. I should get a secretary. Get a secretary. You should hire a secretary. <laughs> get someone, a person. That's right. That's right. Um, John, we yeah. tend mm-hmm. to do episodes each week. So well, what's the what happens? What's happening in the, the one we're All doing right. next week? All right. Um, uh, it's a real tonal shift. All right. Um, uh, we'll shift tones <laughs> again. Um, and we're, we're going to get in touch uh, you know, we this is I think this is a timely episode because, of course, um, the U.S. is about to be taken over by Satan worshipers. Um, <laughs> yes. So yes. Um, uh, we're going to get in touch with the devil. Uh, so next step is another two parter um, oh, uh, for Tenant and uh, and Rose. Uh, it is the impossible planet and the Satan pit, uh, which is a, a interesting story, an epic sort of space story. Um, and we've picked Paired that with some of a similarly demonic uh, tale. Uh, this is this is one of the sort of quintessential third Doctor episodes, uh, the demons. Uh, so we're going we're coming back to the third very quickly, uh, but you will finally get to meet the great Joe Grant, uh, and mm. and you will get to meet the classic series, the Master. Uh, oh, so, yes, a couple okay. introductions here. Yeah, very exciting. Well, John, we'd like to end sometimes with quotes. Um, yeah, sometimes. I have to say these episodes, uh, not a lot of great quotes in them. <laughs> One thing the doctors... Here's to the future. <laughs> Love yes. is the answer. <laughs> we could just go. <laughs> uh, I did find a quote from the doctor that I like, which is, I can't condone this foolishness, but then love has never been known for its rationality. And, you know, I want to challenge that because I think uh, I... Um, I have a very rational love for my wife. I uh, yep. I, I wooed her with a with a PowerPoint Matt, presentation <laughs> showing some some of the major reasons why she should love me. And she couldn't say no. She I mean she was backed into a corner. She yeah. was like she was gonna yeah. be a fool. She yeah. said no. <laughs> She's, and that's what she said in our vows. She said, "Look, I don't." love you uh but i i see no way out of this argument that you've made <laughs> i cannot rationally get around this we're going for it yeah, let's just see yeah. what happens let's you, see what happens i take i now take the because of this logical quandary you've wrapped me in <laughs> i like I that i want that you know I, we, mike and i didn't really get to uh, married in a ceremony but i i would like to you take so and so to be your lovely minded husband, just going, let's see what happens. <laughs> I can't I, I can't I can't rationally tell you why I shouldn't. That's yeah. also a great way to begin a marriage. To be like, Do you love them? Well, I mean, all signs seem to point that I should. So <laughs> there's no I, mean, I can't look. I can't see any way out of this. <laughs>